this week's episode of Dum Dum Die. No, I'm not Carla, nor is this your regular episode of The Shadows. Today we are actually doing a player episode and it is the intro for Lena. I'm Wednesday okay. and I usually play Lauren Skyvale. Hi guys, I'm Nelly. I play a half-elf sorcerer named Kira Nightingale. Hey guys, I am Lena and I normally play Angmar which is like a DM brewed up and concocted character. I didn't actually design my own character. So I'm having a fun with what Carla, with what Carla made. Um, and apparently I need to be interviewed. I'm nervous as heck. Go easy, be gentle. We're talking about Lena today. I'm going to ask the very first question and it is something that we ask everybody who joins Dum Dum Die. How did you, Lena, get into role playing? seriously long time ago. Um, I played my very first game of D&D with a friend of mine called Gareth Duff uh, oh, many, many, many moons ago. Ironically, also the only game of D&D I've ever played which we played a high-level campaign. Uh, every other single campaign afterwards has been entry-level to mid-level characters. I have never again played a high-level campaign. I played on Pathfinder 4e and I, I was playing with two other people and we were having a ton of fun, also online, ironically. And that was my first exposure to role playing. And I, I loved it so much that I started looking for other means of, of uh, expanding um, role playing. So kind of just evolved into like being a general geek, I guess. It's not my fault. I'll blame my friends as always. I have a question. So Lena, I was wondering, what's your favorite, like, okay, what systems have you played on? And do you have a preference as to your system if you've played on different ones? I've only ever played on Pathfinder 4E and D&D uh, 5E. So that's unfortunately the only two D&D uh, systems I've ever been exposed to. So if I have to choose between the two, it's kind of difficult because I love the customizability of 4E, which was amazing, but I also love the simplicity of 5E, which makes it very easy to play and get into. So those are the only sort of, let's say, D&D style role-playing systems. Have you played any other role-playing systems? Oh, like tons. Um, if <sighs> Wow. I don't know if this actually falls into like a, a role-playing arc, but, but not like D&D style stuff. I mean, I have done uh, live-action role-playing, uh, in which I played for three different campaigns. Uh, the biggest one being Tales of Tiana, which is unfortunately not running anymore, but oh, so much fun, so much fun. Played that for almost four years brilliant amount of fun to do live action roleplay with other people and uh, I've also cosplayed which is like a form of roleplaying I guess if, if you get into it but I don't know I haven't really actually done anything other than that well, we have a question from the chat from Picoscopy hey um so Lena what type of character archetypes do you enjoy playing I have a general love for two types of characters the rogue and the paladin those are definitely the ones I have the most fun with. When I was playing Tales of Tiana, I originally started as a, as a rogue character and then later on I went to a, a 
paladin type of character. And in my very first D&D campaign, I played a rogue, pure rogue, no hybrid class. And I, I've done several different groups of 5e where I've often played paladin. Paladin is just uh, so nice to play, so easy to play, and so um, versatile. You can mm. you can just support the party in like in different ways. It is just so much fun to play paladin. Um, I mean, I've tried a lot of the other archetypes. I mean, I've, I've done bard, I've done uh, mages, wizard, sorcerer. I've done warlock, barbarian. Um, but I, I always come back to these two, the rogue and the paladin. That's, that's where my love is. I know that you are super gamer. So maybe you can share with everybody else with the Dum Dum Die fans about your other gaming specialities aside from uh, role-playing and live-action role-playing. Okay, well, I started playing uh, more seriously when pretty much just after school. That's when gaming actually just started to become something. Mm -hmm. uh, back then on Counter-Strike Beta, um, I played 4.6, beta 5, um, still running on the Half-Life engine. And um, we were running, I was. I came from Namibia, so I mean, obviously the gaming scene there was quite a bit smaller than it is in South Africa. And we we had a, played a couple of tournaments and stuff there. Um, I even won a few of them. Ooh. Um, I was a pretty decent sniper in, in Counter-Strike. And when I came to Pretoria, much, much later, like in the early 2000s, I, uh, I joined the monthly Pretoria Link Day and we ran a couple of competitions there for CS and um, Battlefield 1942. Um, and I, I mean, I did fairly well, but obviously the skill level here in South Africa is much, much higher than it is in, in Namibia because we just have that many more players. And I then later went over to Dota, also, <laughs> back in the day yeah <laughs> before it became a standalone it was still a warcraft uh, map and uh, also ran a couple of contests there at the mpld and i won two of them with my team so i later then i kind of dropped out of the competitive scene a little bit um due to work and blah 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 and i came back to the competitive scene last year yeah Actually, year before last year, when I started playing Overwatch um, for Amaryllis Gaming, and uh, we were struggling quite a lot because they were it was an all-female team, and mm -hmm. getting female members is not the easiest thing in South Africa. Just take my word on it. And we played a little bit. We eventually joined the White Rabbit Gaming uh, brand, and shortly thereafter, I I had to stop. Um, because we were having issues with the team. Several of the members were leaving and we couldn't find any more recruits. So uh, I fell out then for about half a year, rejoined the Overwatch scene under Balefurians, and we played. Uh, we didn't hit the competitive scene last year simply because the team was so new. We were trying to like uh, get team synergies and stuff going. Mm -hmm. And uh, I. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had to quit the bail periods because of the work in the last year. The stress in my workplace was just unbelievable. I almost yeah. ended up in hospital because of it. Oh, wow. Um, sure. But, I mean, 
as soon as and things cool down a bit, I, I'm not out of the competitive scene yet. I, I'm, I definitely want to give it another go. So we have another question from chat. Uh, yep. So Lena, um, what type of rogues do you go for? Do you go for the assassins? Do you go for the little stabby stabby action? Do you go for the rogues? Are we seeing stuff? Do you like the whole swashbuckling type of like archetype, like almost like a bit of a pirate? What type of rogue do you prefer? I prefer the assassin type rogue. I mean, I've done the, I've done the, um, the swashbuckling type. I've done the pure combat rogue. I, I, I prefer the the suave, silent, uh, assassin type characters, simply because I'm an introvert, and uh, I I find public speaking to be a bit intimidating and if I wasn't recording and only saw three people here <laughs> it would probably be a different story right now probably be freaking out a little bit um, but I, I mean I guess I I prefer the, the, the silent sneaky type of characters that's my play style I mean, and I enjoy having to do it um, I actually had a lot of fun with a monk once Simply because it, it kind of felt felt like a rogue, uh, where it was like a, the type of pure combat. So I didn't do the stealth checks, but I did all the acrobatics and the cool stuff and flippy and spinny and jumpy and climby, all the good things that you can get mm. from monk and rogue characters. Drunken monk, which is Drunk ironic monk. because <laughs> I haven't, uh, I don't drink. I've never been drunk in my life. Oh wait, I was drunk once, but we won't get into that. That's that's my friends. <laughs> Sorry, chat. You guys are losing. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I played a drunken monk, and it's, it's just so much fun. Uh, it's really, really, really fun. What else can we ask you, Nina? So we've heard that you are a super esports computer gamer, and that's really cool. We know about your live actionnessnessness and your cosplaying. So you yeah, you mentioned yeah. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. For your cosplaying, what kind of, like, okay, maybe I'm like, I'm a bit blind, but what what characters have you cosplayed? What characters you prefer cosplaying? And do you have any cosplays coming up? Despite the whole uh, pandemic going on, like if you say, if you have any plans for like next year's cons. My very first cosplay that I ever did uh, was at Rage, oh, also about six or seven years ago. And I made a custom outfit for World of Warcraft Rogue, and it was a it was a learning experience because I wasn't used to any of the materials and stuff. So, I mean, technically speaking, I don't think the costume turned out that great. There were a couple of real hiccups with it, but I think that goes for most people's first costume. Uh, they always have like patchwork things happening and stuff coming loose and things not working and this is too heavy and I designed this badly and you know. Um, but for the second costume I made, I, I actually went um, very ambitious and I started learning to do leatherworking. So I got myself a set of leatherworking tools, uh, watched a whole bunch of tutorials and started practicing making some custom commissions for all of us. And I did uh, Johanna from Years of the Storm, also from Diablo. I did a cosplay for her at Icon 2016, um, which I entered under the Masters division and I got a fifth place, if I remember correctly. 
Oh, wow. That's uh, really impressive. Well, it sounds really impressive, but, you know, you have to realize that there were only six master competitors. So, <laughs> yeah, people are afraid to go masters simply because the criteria for judging is so high. I did a costume for Tyrael about two years ago, um, also the Archangel from Diablo. Wow. And uh, while the, well, I think the costume looked all right, uh, there were some serious problems with it. The, the costume was extremely heavy and the battery pack that I put in to power the pants for the wings um, had me in so much pain by like 11, 12 o'clock that I couldn't stand up. So it was a, it was a very painful experience oh. to be fair, to be honest with you guys. Um, so I I decided to to only do leather working where uh, it's necessary or where I would want to create a specific effect because the leather is so heavy and of course expensive, very very expensive. So um, I started working on a cosplay last year for Maev from uh, World of Warcraft or well just basically Warcraft, uh, Warcraft Universe, my Shadow Song. And she is in kind of hiatus at the moment because I am struggling to um, get more foam, a specific type of foam. I, I'm trying to source a specific type of foam for it and I'm struggling with it. So it's just kind of sitting there at the moment. And I wanted to get all the armor pieces done before I started um, sealing and painting. and. Uh, I've, I've pretty much done the material work for the costume and I still need to do the electronics and still like a long, long, long road to go. And average time for my costumes are like 500 hours plus crafting time. Wow. Sure. You're the real deal, hey? I would like to say yes, but I also know that there are people out there like Tyler and Kelsey, my very, very good friend Nori. Oh, and Mao. They're all like super talented crafters and cosplayers. Mm -hmm. So. You know, if you, if you head into the field, there's some serious talent in South Africa regarding the, in the cosplay scene. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I also feel that it shouldn't intimidate you. Um, get out there, put yourself out, craft, learn, enjoy. A cosplay is an experience. It's one of the nicest experiences, especially if you're an introvert. Mm. Because you can wear a helmet in your own <laughs> little world. And people, like, people will take like 70 pictures of you during the day and you won't feel intimidated by any of it. That's really awesome. I mean, I don't cosplay. I just dress up. Your life is cosplay. You just dress up because you can, not even for like... Yeah. <laughs> Look, when you need to go to the pick and pay, you sometimes need to just do it flamboyantly, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Cosplay is costume play. So as long as you're in costume, you can cosplay. <laughs> but then you go like, going to the pick and... Well, actually, speaking of... Um, I've had the most hilarious experiences going in cosplay to places like Pick and Bay or to local petrol station. You know, you, you're going to get drinks and water for the day and you're walking in costume it's this, and all heads just turn to you looking at either what the hell is going on? Who is this person? Do I need to be worried? <laughs> you get all of these very, or, or like just all people are like, it's half hilarious and half um, really, really cool to, to do that stuff every now and then. Just, I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. 
Lena, thinking about your, your your comment about walking around in cosplay, I remember once it wasn't cosplay. I was dressed as a zombie for a music video, yeah. and I had I so I did that over in like the old Parktown station. So I got full zombied up, like great, amazing makeup and all that stuff. Wow. And then I had to rush ba uh, back home to go change clothes and go to like a, a concert. And I'm driving in public in full fit, full zombie makeup and all that stuff. And there was a point where I, I was in the middle of town. That it was like, you know, this is during the day, I think around like Saturday afternoon. And I'm waiting at the intersection. And then this taxi pulls up next to me and the, the driver like stops me. He's like, listen. And he speaks to me like, listen, I don't know if you're aware, but you don't look very well right now. Do you want to go to the hospital? I can show you where the hospital is. He's like, he was really, really worried. He was like, maybe he felt like I had concussed myself and then I was bleeding over and that's kind of what I did. He was like, do you want to go to the hospital? Are you sure you're okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. He's like, are you sure? Because you don't look okay. It was so funny. So, wow. That was actually one of the sweetest reactions I've gone to a cosplay, gone to from one of my outfits. That was really nice. That's awesome. That's really awesome. You know what the sweet, sweetest reply I ever had for one of my cosplays was? Uh, it was also at Icon 2016 when I was cosplaying Joanna. I was walking around uh, on the con floor, uh, just looking at some of the stalls. People were taking photographs of my of my costume and stuff. And I I was standing at this stall for um, it was a Harry Potter stall if I remember correctly. And this little girl starts tugging on my costume, and I turn around um, and I look down, and she is. <laughs> She's probably like five or six years old. She's like a pretty little girl. And she tugs and she looks at me at me so innocently and she goes, Look, mommy, I found a real knight. Oh wow. <laughs> That's cool. And how is that not absolutely adorable? Aww. So she asked me for a photo. I know, right? And she asked me for a photo and I I that, that was one of the best photos I ever had with a fan. Um, her mom was very happy that, that I uh, allowed her to take a photo of my cosplay. I mean, I'm in cosplay. I mean, obviously, you can take a photo of me. That's why I'm there. But, I mean, that was that was special to me. And, I mean, it's four years later. I still remember it like it was yesterday. It was one of my most precious moments, honestly. Honestly. That's so cool. super sweet. So, I have another question from the chat. So, this is for everyone. So, Ooh. Nina, you go first. Um, and Wednesday, you must think of your answer too. So, if time and money were no object, what would be your dream cosplays? I was going to make a cosplay of. It's a character from StarCraft, one of the Protoss uh, High Templars. I just can't remember the, the name of this guy right now, but he has this absolutely incredible. Uh, white gold and blue costume um, that has like floating stuff and the, the face mask and stuff that you can prosthetically uh, like cast in latex and design and uh, shade and everything and uh, that is what I wanted to do if I ever had some serious money um, to throw at a project because I mean that's like a full armor suit uh, latex gloves the whole thing and the amount of detail that you can put into a project like that and that is like uh, it's less a project than a labor of love mm. if, if I could put it like that yeah so I mean that was one sure. of my my top picks um, but I've never actually attempted it because oh, a 
I don't have the experience with latex <laughs> casting. Uh, that's still a thing that I really need to to try out when when I have time. Because I mean, I'm thinking that if you if you seriously take on a project like that with the proper LEDs, the proper lighting, if you can put in some uh, hydraulic systems in your in your costume, oh, sure. and you're probably looking at about a thousand five hundred hours plus uh, of work that you put into something sure. like that. Yeah, but then um, you're also forking out about thirty, forty thousand bucks for a costume like that. Yeah, sounds about right. Money is no option in cosplay. <laughs> no, no, uh, so Wednesday, same question. So, so for me, so my dream cosplay is actually Marie Antoinette. So, oh. yeah. So I'm like heavy into like I've always loved the way that French Renaissance dresses looked, but like the hectic ones with the brocade and the corsetry and the crazy like you can't even move. You're wearing so much dress. Um, oh you know that kind of thing, and the like. The, the layers of hair and makeup and like everything that's just insane so so that that is my dream but also I am not a cosplayer so I don't make stuff so it would also cost me a fortune because I'd obviously have to go and like get someone to make it like buy everything uh, then pay a makeup artist then pay a hairstylist like do all the things so yeah it would cost yeah. a fortune as well yeah I have like a list of cosplays I want to do, but like a super, super duper dream cosplay, I don't know. Something of a lot of armor. I want to do like a really uh, jacked up version of Brunhilde, aka uh, Valkyrie from the MCU. Because I actually plan to make her her armor, but I'd want to make her armor and then actually have everything from like her proper Valkyrie armor with with the horse and everything uh, with the peg with Pegasus all that stuff as well wow um, and then even the, the wig alone will be stupidly expensive so that's what freaks me out <laughs> I, just, I don't know yeah I, I think Valkyrie but also as a character from League of Legends um, one of the champions from the it was like a recent um, news video they came out with one of the I think it was called True Damage and I can't remember the character's name right now, but she had this amazing, like she's one of the more tank characters where she's like a support character, where she has like a long range uh, uh, weapon. It's like a massive, like assault weapon, like a big, big sword, but also as a, as a gun, I think. <laughs> and she looks badass and she's got like a really sad background story as well. And I'd like to cosplay as her as well, but I think what would make it difficult would be the actual weaponry dressing like the outfit itself could be simple enough it's just her weapon looks very intimidating if I want to the right effect so Valkyrie aka Brunhilde with the Pegasus and everything or and the, the amazing wig and the soundtrack and all that stuff <laughs> and the or soundtrack. character from League of Legends if I remember her name I'll, I'll type in the chat otherwise I'll have to like post it later on That's, yeah there's always something more like Something maybe more technical, something like mecha type of thing? I don't know, dude. Like, you're forgetting we're not those kinds of scientists. We don't make Pegasi. So, I, I, yeah, <laughs> you know. If I didn't have to get ethics clearance, I, I would go out there busy making Pegasi. I would be making all centaurs. You turn me into a mermaid. Myself, like, uh, like, all kinds of stuff. Like, 
a Wendigo. I want a Wendigo. You want a Wendigo? Wendigo. What? Yeah, but, yep. you know, we all, we all have our hobbies, right? So don't, don't, I, I guess. don't judge that. I, I guess, okay. <laughs> cool. Okay, so it's oh, another werewolf. costume. Yeah. No, 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 oh. don't even, don't even start there. <laughs> We're all gonna die if you go in that direction. Um, <laughs> there is another costume that I've also had my eye on for quite some time. Uh, it is uh, Genji from Overwatch. Ooh, but that's a goodie. Uh, by who armor that they released on the one summer festival or not not summer festival the chinese new year uh mm -hmm. they released that that armor and i think it is exquisite and uh, i would love to make that to, to make that armor as well wow sure yeah oh, we have another comment like uh no genetic engineers here crispr has a little fair enough yeah. I mean, the genetic genome editing technology is a long way to go, but let's let let a person dream, okay? Like, <laughs> no ethics yes. clearance. But I didn't have to deal with ethics clearance, and I had stupid money. But I had some of that Bill Gates, T Tony Stark, look, all that money, Oprah money. Then, and if I could like kidnap a whole bunch of like certain scientists, mm. like, maybe it could happen. Um. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Back to you. Apparently, <laughs> we sound like supervillains. Thanks, Green Green Badge. You know what? Think of the trend, though. A lot of the supervillains have, you know, postgraduate degrees. Like Victor Van Doom. Come on, guys. There's a whole bunch of postgraduate degrees out there when it comes to being a villain. Like Dark Oh my gosh. Uh, there's actually quite a few. When you think about it, like, being a villain requires some formal education, perhaps. So. No, no I don't know. It could it all. could actually be the stress of having acquired aforementioned formal education that has turned you into a villain. You you don't know. It could be that. Too like you know, it pushes you so far off the edge. You tend to go mm. evil versus like good. Like it's almost like I I would be okay being chaotic good, but then you just go straight like. <laughs> coming back your lost cause yeah. I, think, yeah. I think it's about the, the argument that often comes up that as your intelligence increases your morals and ethics kind of decrease you, you know you the things oh that make us human drop away the more intelligent we become and I don't mm. know I mean maybe possibly perhaps maybe that's why so there's yeah. a bunch of super as, like <laughs> incredibly smart. Ooh, but we're yeah. talking about supervillains now. So Lena, who's your favorite supervillain? I'm the type of person that as soon as stuff uh, in comics happen, I always look for the good people and I support the great people and the heroic people and the people with excellent morals and the supervillains kind of just fade away in the background and you're like, I don't care about you. I don't care about you. Green okay, man, you're gonna kick your ass. A good, so, true, good person. <laughs> I guess if I have to pick somebody, I would go Sinestro. Oh, wow. Oh. Okay. That chat is going to go like, what? Sinestro? How? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Not a bad choice. <laughs> okay. And, and you, Nelly? Um, for me, favorite villain, not so much like comic booky, but uh, at the moment, one of my favorite villains, even though I don't think of him as a villain, he's just very well dressed and like has very <laughs> good tastes. 
is a Hannibal Lecter. I'm a big, big, big Hannibal Lecter fan. I support the actor, not I love, the character. Because, oh my word, the character is like, oh. I love Miss Mickelson. Like, I'm talking about the, from the, the NBC uh, TV series of Hannibal. That's Anthony Hopkins, amazing, but like the TV series version killed me. And that just like ruined me for. I, if you know anyone who looks like a serial killer, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nelly's gonna put a number in the chat just in case. Yeah, I'll be like, call me at 0800. <laughs> <laughs> so we have. So Wednesday, what about you? What about me, villain-wise? So actually, hmm. um, so I'm I'm a super like X-Men fan person. So my favorite villain is actually Mr. Sinister. And it's weird because it's from like back when I was little and watched the, the cartoon series. And I thought like Mr. Sinister was so cool. Um, and that hasn't gone away. X-Men, Magneto. Yeah, I, but I, he's I like not Magneto. exactly a villain. This is my issue with Magneto. He's not really a villain. Uh, I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. He's just, he's a, what's the word? That he's... actor, that actor though, he's, he's super hot, man. Jeez. That guy. That guy. That guy. Yeah. So, I mean, if I can quote, if I take a quote from uh, Megamind, you're a villain, all right, just not a super one. Oh. Yeah. That'll describe Magneto. Hey, Cosmic, I love it. I have a doctorate, I can't, and listen to classical music sometimes. I'm a couple mental breakdowns break away from being an anime villain myself. So, oh, I, wow. I respect that. That's, that's very valid. Sure. Yeah. And I, then I was teasing Gikoski saying like, oh, well, if you have a white Persian cat, you can do the whole James Bond thing, like, welcome to my island, <laughs> Mr. Bond, I'm here to die. But apparently this cat is too cute, so. I just, I feel like, you know, cute animals can actually be good villains because they mislead you to think they're mm. cute and yeah. harmless. There's so. that. So, my personal criteria, if you want to be a Bond villain, you can't be a proper Bond villain unless you have sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads. Dang. Guys, laser, laser sharks are integral for villainhood. Like, if you want to be, well, for villainy, if you want to be a real evil person, you need laser sharks. Wait, who's your favorite um, James Bond villain, since we're speaking about Bond? There's some really, really good Bond villains, that's for sure. Mm, like, I good in the... campy sense and good in just, like, fun to watch. I guess the one um, that I felt was like the actual biggest, it constantly felt that you had that pressure where you Bond was in danger and Bond could possibly die at any moment was um, Golden Eye when he fought against uh, Agent Gone Rogue. Uh, I think it was played by Sean Bean. Hmm. I think it was 006 oh, yeah. or 8. Hmm, that's a goodie. I mean, it, it's one thing to go against people who are evil or do evil things, it's something quite different to go up against a person who was trained the same way you are um, mm. and have the same skill set as you and try and defeat them. So, I mean, like I said, there was always this constant pressure when, when, when Goldeneye was playing about if he runs in, I mean, it's a fair 50-50 if he succeeds or dies mm. against the 006, but I mean, also, on the flip side of that, it's Sean Bean we're talking about. And true to, true to canon, Sean Bean canon, he died. He died? <laughs> oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Yeah, he's just like, he, he's like, his, his 
he's typecast to die. It's so sad. Like the day he he survives as a character is a day everyone's like, what? I didn't come here to see you live. I actually saw this poster where Sean Bean was holding up a poster and it says, "Please stop killing me." <laughs> Same. Sure. Uh, so Wednesday, who's your favorite Bond villain? I don't have one because I like have been super obsessed with James Bond since I was really little. So I don't have a, a favorite Bond villain because James Bond is too much my favorite. That's fair. Then who's your favorite James Bond? My Which favorite, favorite James Bond. Actions? Strangely enough, Roger Moore. You know why? Because that was the first James Bond that I saw. I think I was around seven years old and it was the first he was like the first James Bond that I saw, so I think he's awesome. <laughs> so he's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, he mm. was. He had a long run as well. Oh. Um, I can't think of a favorite. Okay, villain like is easy for me. My favorite Bond villain by far is Raoul Silva, Ooh. played by Javier Bardem, because I am wow. a fan of the actor Javier mm. Bardem. I, I love a good villain and. Raul Silva, his like it's similar to what you were talking about, you know, with the with Sean Bean's uh, motivations, where he was an ex agent as well. He's fully capable and all, and all that more. But the fact that he was like very gun on revenge story, plus he had like a really cool um, way about him. Like, he just like was just didn't really care. He was very much like just burn it all down, and also still get revenge if he can. Oh. I love that. That's cool. Okay, so we only have a few minutes left on the stream. So with the last question, I'm going to redirect it back to Dum Dum Die in the Shadows. And Lena, I just want to ask you, so what are your thoughts about the character that you are playing? And also sort of what are your character's thoughts about Kira and Aloran? Say good things. Only good things about me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Weren't you the one that, that pissed off the little puffer fish? Like, big negative points for you right there. I'm just... Uh... <laughs> no denying it. I can see you. Anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I normally prefer um, digging into my own characters because I... Part of what makes D&D fun for me is uh, designing characters, mm. uh, thinking up a backstory, thinking up motivations, thinking up flaws and ideals. Um, yeah, this, the stats and the magic spells and the abilities and the weapons and all that is, is it's nice um, and it comes back into your gameplay. But I feel that when you paint your character properly, you enjoy it that much more and the, the DMs can uh, generate more hooks for your character, kind of integrate you more into the world, etc. Et so mm -hmm. this is a first for me. I mean, I, I mean, I've played generic characters before from sheets and stuff, and those are always fun for like one shots, but playing an actual campaign with a character that I didn't make is interesting. It's very, very interesting. It, it, it kind of makes me think outside the box um, because I wouldn't technically speaking make a character like Andrew, Andrew Bach. Um, so Andrew Bach is shy, uh, retractor of an introverted, um, pretty much been hiding her entire life because of the, the, 
the secretiveness of changelings. And then to just put like the cherry on top, Carla throws in this, she's a pacifist. <laughs> Which completely throws your, your average um, D&D gameplay, especially during combat, out the window. So now, now you, you've seen the box, you've thought outside the box, now you're just throwing the box out of the window. And um, so, I, I mean, when we're in combat, like we are right now in the campaign, I have to really think about what would Andromach do in a situation like this? Um, would she fight back? Would she prioritize um, saving her friends over attacking a monster? Um, how could she be useful without actually dealing a bunch of damage in combat? Hmm. So it's it's and uh, D&D made support characters like the cleric to also be very effective fighters in combat still. They didn't actually make any type of class to be pure support. Yeah. And this is basically what Andromach is playing right now. Is Andromach is a pure support character. So this, like I said, this is the first for me because this is like something really interesting. It's a completely different look on, on a, playing a character than I would usually play. Um, lots of fun. I'm enjoying it and looking forward to like many more episodes. Yeah. If you, if you guys don't like kick me off and go like, you know, what are you doing? I think you're doing really well. Like I never mm. imagined, like we sort of had no kind of idea of what uh, the character would be like. And I think you're playing, I think you're playing her amazingly or playing they, um, playing them amazingly. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. playing them amazingly. Um, yeah, I think you're doing really well. Being a changeling provides me with a bunch of opportunities, role-playing opportunities that I also wouldn't generally see in a campaign. And I'm hoping that the DM uh, caller takes it to that type of route where I can actively pursue some different personas as the changeling. Uh, we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see maybe, what happens. Carla cooks up something for me so I can infiltrate a place, taking on a persona of something, I don't know some excellent role-playing opportunities I can dust up one of my accents and then uh, hopefully do as great a job as Carla is uh, but not the German accent she has, she has coined the accent for the Germans yeah. I, must, I must take something else and maybe we'll ask chat uh, to, to pick one for me when the time arrives so I can also butcher one of them <laughs> Oh, that yeah. sounds great. Um, yeah. So we got some really sweet, sweet comments from the chat. That uh, had a very fun chat, and we rock. Thank you so much. Yeah, Green thanks. Badge, it's really sweet. Because yeah. said something really sweet, like fun chat, ladies. All the best for the show, and I'll catch up at some point. So, oh, that's you. awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, as to what Andromach thinks about the characters uh, that that she's running with, so Kira is. I mean, she hasn't known Kira very long, and what she's seen on Kira is Kira's depressed about the loss of her sister, so she's kind of sad and weepy right now, and uh, she is kind of not really sure what to make of her because she, she I mean, there's obviously somebody quite different behind Kira than the, the person mourning right now. Mm -hmm. um, so she's, she's still 
apart from the puffer fish, still open on judgment regarding because how could you? So judgmental. judgmental. <laughs> As to um to Aloran, what was that one quote in Guardians of the Galaxy where Star Lord said that Kevin Bacon taught the entire city <laughs> how to not have sticks up their butts. <laughs> so she thinks that Aloran is really very, very rigid, uh, way too serious. And uh, she's, she's um, on the plus side, she's, she's very charismatic. She's probably a, a leader, but she's still like, the, the jury is still out on that one. We're still waiting to see if, if the leadership goes in a good positive direction <laughs> or leadership goes into, okay, I'm taking you all down the ditch right now. And well, it sucks to be you if you're coming along. I guess we'll see. Oh, that's so cool. And actually, um, what I wanted to say, Lena, to you is thank you for pronouncing Aloran's name correctly. Because I even forget that his name is Aloran and not Aloran. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of pr pronounced it as I read it the first time, which is Aloran with an O. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I have met a few characters especially in, in the LARPing which also have really funny names that the pr pronunciation also always gets butchered yeah. somewhere along the line um, but it, Wednesday also share my new your character your no character. but he he, he appreciates <laughs> you he appreciates you so much <laughs> <laughs> okay Enough. He does. I'm going to have to close us off uh, because we've been on for ages and it's, it's likely to continue because we're having such a good time. <laughs> um, and thank you for the question, Chat. Um, I always appreciate, appreciate curiosity. You know, not, not so necessarily about me and my personal things, but my hobbies, anytime. Anytime. And since we all share the love of D&D, that's why we're here. I mean, this, is, this has been actually a pretty fun experience for me as well. So thank you very much for sharing it with me. Appreciate it. Please remember that you can still, there's still time to win that amazing Unplug Yourself prize by supporting um, your local game stores. You know, it's, I think, what is it? 10,000 rands worth of prizes and you get to pick it, pick the stuff yourself, yeah. which is amazing, amazing. So yeah, if you can, and only if you can, because um, times are, are tough for everyone. So yeah, if you can help out, help out. If you can't help out, it's all right, guys. You can do things like like and share posts. That counts as well. That's like super helpful. Uh, this is for the Nexus, right, Wednesday? Um, not just for the Nexus, but for all the game stores. So unplug yourself. So you can support the Nexus as well. Um, and we have been sharing the post with regards to supporting the Nexus directly um, on their GoFundMe, but also just generally for the game stores. They're all part of the Unplug Yourself competition. You guys are friendly game store. Yeah. These game stores are basically what's helping to keep the culture alive in SA. And uh, when people go out of their way like the Nexus did, there's uh, in Grant. I mean, they, they made such an amazing place for the geeks to go in Joburg. Um, I feel that if people can, we really, really 
really please should try and support them. Uh, they they are just growing the geek culture in South Africa, and it's just one of the best places that you can probably support if you, if you have some money to, to do so. Nelly, would you like to add a closing remark? Actually, no, I'm good. I'm content now. Okay, good. That's amazing. Thank you, everybody, for <laughs> joining us. Have a most amazing week filled with adventure. Like that. <laughs> Is that how you do it? Yeah. And please wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. Wash yeah, your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. Just keep washing your hands. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye. bye.